Hello everyone, welcome to Tavern Talks on the High Eats Network. I am Dean, and I'm joined today by my good friend James. Hey guys, have you ever done anything with boons, by the way? Have you ever played with, like, boons and epic boons, or uh, temporary buffs? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't want to give a, too much away for my campaign arc, because... Right. Um, it's still coming out. Yeah, it's... You know, we're in we're in size campaign at the mm-hmm. moment. Who's running it? And then we go back to mine. So, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll 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 tell you a little bit because he already knows it. Dexter, shut up, man. Dogs. Um, dogs. Um, I'll tell you a little bit. Boons uh, and the like. Well, essentially, um, size player in my um, campaign. He's called Tavis, Furbolg, Druid, Circle of the Moon, mm-hmm. and. Um, I've really made that element of his character variable. So the actual connection with Saloon. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he gets benefits in Moonlight. Um, so he's his character's at his best at nighttime, mm-hmm. um, as long as there's a moon present as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a thing in my world where, um, in, in the whole, I guess, campaign design, yeah. where every 10 days there's a blood moon and so that changes his thing as well well that's interesting yeah I like that um, and so going back to the idea of spreadsheets I'm tracking that yeah, yeah you yeah. know he might not be necessarily tracking that as a character but let's say one night he wants to go out mm-hmm. do something he'll have his certain benefits and some of it's like invisibility as long as direct moonlight other stuff is like uh, his weapon gets a bit of a buff things mm-hmm. like that um, and um but yeah, if he goes out on a on a blood moon night and he's not been tracking it, well, it's going to be different. Um, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows that because he knows that he just doesn't know what the consequences yet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like it's a boon, but there's a, there's a negative there. It's controlled as well, you know. Yeah. And of course, yeah, in the daytime, I like that. In the daytime, he's not like over overpowered. Yeah. You know? um, so. Yeah, it's interesting that. Mm. Would you ever consider? Obviously, you're tracking that spreadsheet, and I think yeah. that's, that obviously that gives you a little more clarity and stuff. Would you ever consider? I wouldn't have run it that way. Actually, I would have rolled it. I would have rolled it. I think. Oh, really? Interesting. Because yeah. I, I would have probably just made a, a sheet, a, made a table up, and say, you know, uh, one to f- well, one to three blood moon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, say something like uh, four to I don't know sixteen. You've got a variation of moonlight however many phases yeah, you would do yeah, yeah. and then on a and they say a 17 to 20 maybe it's like may- full moon it's full moon like, yeah you know? that's interesting or, or maybe you would split it up differently because you, you could probably you know you could probably get like a 32 sided dice <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to do it specifically <laughs> imagine that you know get a 32 <laughs> you know or you get a 30, 30 sided dice and then on a 1 it's blood moon yeah. on, a, on a 30 or whatever it would be you would roll a full moon yeah, and then yeah. the variation there and that would it would just it would just be a way for you to to apply a table and if for instance there are phases of the moon that apply differently you yeah. I would just apportion a a roll yeah to that and then instead of having to have a a um a spreadsheet and yeah. track it because fuck if I can be bothered I know do that stuff this is why you're a better DM than me no, James no, no. it's just it's <laughs> just <thought> <laughs> this, is, this is the thing about more about having a little more experience it's yeah, not yeah. it's not about because I used to like I remember when I first started this campaign like that, uh, that we're it's still technically running you know I'm uh, uh, it's on hiatus because I've had a child so, <laughs> so that's that's uh, um, where that is at the moment but the um this is like a four-year campaign. Nice. You know? 
Um, and, you know, this is why I was saying, like, I give the items, because they're only level, like, 15, 16 at this point. They, you know, so it's a slow process of leveling in the Definitely. game. But the, um, the, I used to prep everything. I used to prep um, exactly what would happen. I would write a couple of pages for a session. I would, you know, have all this stuff planned out. And then it, but the problem is, it gets frustrating when yeah, totally. things yeah. don't happen. So now I'll prep three bullet points. Just what per game? Yeah, and that's interesting. Like I will just, I will just have like you know, there are times when I will plan things out more de- in more detail, right? But I won't. I deliberately, what I will do is, I well, let me let me let me go back a step because you are obviously running a pure homebrew. Yeah, right. So yeah. that's a little different. What I will do is I I often will take a published adv- this, this for instance is a public published adventure, you know. Um, uh, out of the abyss, and I'll just heavily mod it, and I'll effectively just use the locations. Let's have a look at the chat while I'm here. So yeah, chaotic veto. I overgive loot as well. That's, oh, he's, that's oh, he's here. Is he? Chaotic veto. Let's go back to make sure we're so Okay. Chaotic veto says hi. Simon Split. Good afternoon from Yorkshire. Oh yeah, Simon. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's an experienced DM as oh, well. Nice. Yeah. Hey, Joey, everyone, Joey to see Parker. You. Heart Joe Parker's here as well. Yeah. That, that's who gave us this mic. Uh, hi. Joe, thank you so much. You're it's, a legend. It's proven useful. Yeah. We appreciate you, mate. Darvis 2. Darvis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just woke up and I missed much. Probably not, uh, pal. Not a lot. No, no, no. We've just talked about... In fact, I think it was... I think it was Darvis that asked the question about... And then we'll go on to it because yeah. it's just what you said. And mm-hmm. um, Do you prefer homebrew versus modules? Yeah, so yeah. We'll talk about that one in a minute. Yeah. Um, it was either Darvis or Chaotic Vito yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, Chaotic Vito actually said, I do prefer using modules as well. Laser framework. Well, we'll yeah. Let's, so let's that's something less than what I like. I think, I think for me, like, the, the use of a framework is, is in the locations. Yeah. Right, because to, to, if I was going to, if I'm going to homebrew a world, generally speaking, I will use an epicenter focus. Mm-hmm. I won't, I'm not the sort of person who has the time to write a vast world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What I will have, what I will have, is maybe a list of starting factions. Mm-hmm. Right. Say, so, okay, the kingdom that they are in is ruled by Queen Waterface. Mm-hmm. You know. I hate and, Queen Waterface. I know. Right? I know. <laughs> and and then maybe 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 not even then. I might plot who surrounds those kingdoms, mm. but only if it relates to the players. Like, yeah. if the players yeah. are, if the players are going to receive a quest from the monarch or from somebody to go to, to go outside their kingdom or, or would, where it would have some impact, I might do that. But more often than not, in those situations, I will just come up with it on the fly and then make a note of it. Yeah. Right? Like, um, a, a good example of this was in... There was a recurring villain um, um, in the under, in the uh, Out of the Abyss module we're playing, and it was it was the the demon goddess um, Zagutmoy, but the party didn't know that who mm. she was, so I just referred to her. They just referred to her as the lady <laughs> for forever, right. and she, even when they learned who she was, they just referred to her as the lady. The lady. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So slowly, a personality. Built mm. really, mm. and um, a character built 
around that where there was never the module doesn't include that that doesn't include any of that yeah and it's about it's the, the main thing about all of this is about finding where the players fit with it got it yeah because if it doesn't affect the players it doesn't matter what's the point yeah because so, I, I see loads of people online and all they'll do is they will I mean some people love world building that's yeah. amazing if yeah. you enjoy doing it and that's what you enjoy great but a lot it. of people lose the real lose the focus in my opinion mm. and say hey I've written all this lore my players aren't interested in it well like oh shit what do I do what do you do like yeah. how do I get my players invested in my world like some advice I see time and time again online is if your players are turning up every week and are wanting to play they are invested in your world yeah, yeah, they are just invested in a, perhaps a different way yeah, right yeah. and you have to look you have to stop and realise what what is this person invested in mm. what are they enjoying mm. so this for instance the campaign that I've been running you know there's I'm like I'm 34 my wife is the same age I've got a friend who's like 40 and there's another girl who's like 36 but then she her nephew plays with us and when he started he was like 14 mm. right so he is a vastly different player when he started playing to when he is now and he's always been that chaotic so element he's, he's 20 now or coming I don't up know, 20 something. maybe yeah he's yeah. I think he's going to university so I think he's 18 18, 18. Yeah, I think he's 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he, That's he, college for you yeah, Americans that yeah, are out exactly. there. <laughs> so that was interesting though, because I remember when I started DMing for him, I struggled yeah. with, with how to handle him. And part of that is, is his level of distraction or whatever, and him understanding table etiquette and stuff. Yeah. And that's evolved and that's changed. But it's also about understanding as a DM what's important to your players. Because yeah. what he really enjoys, his, he loves engaging in the world, mm. Um but he just loves to mess about. Right? So, so that uh, bringing it back to the question: yeah. Do you need the modules to do that? No. Do, do they help with it? I think they do. Like, right. Like, back to the modules element of that. The the module um, gives you a framework. So, for yeah. instance, right, it, the that character, the, the the guy who was was who's like the younger guy, mm-hmm. and then the guy who's the older guy. Both of them are playing deep notes. So we went okay. to Blindenstone because it's a. And because it's a published module, it has this wonderful map of Blingdenstone yeah, with all yeah, of these yeah. existing locations, and it allowed me to focus more on how do I weave these characters into this place, yeah. as opposed to how do I make this place oh, from shit. scratch? Yeah. What, right? should, what should I name yeah. this shop, or what should yeah. I, you know? And you can still add that stuff yourself, mm. like, you know you can still add loads of your flavour because yes there might be the published adventure might be there might be a bar right mm. there's one bar that's mentioned right but who's to say there's not a whole street of pubs if that's what the party you're involved yeah. or interested in yeah. you know the, my party will like my party do like to shop right <laughs> yeah. you know because they'll, they'll end up with buckets of gold yeah. you know and they're like hmm how do I spend this? Yeah. So we just had a, f- a fashion montage, right? You know, <laughs> even I, Rocky had a montage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's how I would, you know, back like I to answer the question. The the that's how I would use a module, right? Like it just allows me to to shift my focus when creating mm-hmm. to to how do I tailor this very specifically to fit my story? Yeah. Right. So like in that module, for example, they the party part of Blingdenstone is. It, Blingdenstone is a bit, of, a bit of a wild west town in the setting. Yeah. Where you know, in, in that in that period it has been 
um, destroyed by the drow, left abandoned for a hundred years, and it's only been reclaimed for like ten. Okay. So the the, the 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 deep gnomes are slowly rebuilding this place. Yeah. So there's actually huge parts of, parts of the set of the city that are not available to the normal populace. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because the were rats control part of it. And there's an interesting story to play on there, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. in that's in the published adventure. So that's really fun, and having the players mediate that. So it's it's interesting because there's there's three parts affected to the city: the werewolf controlled area, the area controlled by the normal populace, and then the sort of more wild sector, which is full of monsters. Yeah, right. There's like a werewolf, where rat, where rat, right? Okay, where yeah, rat. yeah, yeah. You know, interestingly, what I would do with that is because kind of what you said we were on about before like use it as a framework and then add your own thing because i'm a silly dm mm-hmm. they would be the mafia in my yeah, game yeah. you know they would all probably be like hey come on talk to tony and yeah. then like tony will come out yeah. and he's a rat yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um but again it's because i'm silly yeah well i don't think that's that's not that's not to say that i'm i'm not silly with it like it's, yeah. it's different ways of playing it part of the reason i didn't portray them like that was because there's a real there is a bit of a moral quandary there okay as to whether or not they're bad oh right okay so so that that's back to that that moral element is i didn't want to deliberately put put an idea in the player's heads of how they should they respond are. yeah because the the i deliberately made it very clear that the the, the two uh, leaders of the city had va- they were husband and wife. They mm. had vastly different opinions. He he oh, right. thought that they were dangerous, you know, were creatures that we just can't risk them being in our society. That's just not they're they're monsters. Yeah. I don't I don't trust them. Uh, you know, I don't know them. Like they could they could turn on us. You know, mm-hmm. they're much stronger than us. All these all the valid fears. Whereas she was like. Whereas the the citizens that were inhabiting Glinderstone as the citizens now, they had fled to the surface and then come back to reclaim it. Whereas these were rats were deep gnomes who'd actually stayed and become infected. So they're like the OGs, basically. Exactly. So yeah, they yeah. are actually descent, direct descendants, and they remained in situ. Mm. So that was I didn't want to put a deliberate spin on it I wanted to leave that choice to the players yeah. so I, I deliberately left them as v- blank as possible mm. so the, par- the party had to go and find them and figure it out right yeah that's great because the players actually have some kind of like well choice realistically yeah, in yeah, how definitely. in how the story progresses yeah. which is great yeah um, yeah I have to admit um, as a DM of only about what three years mm-hmm. uh, I have never once run a module yeah uh, I have used module material to feed into my campaign, yeah. like Ghost of Saltmarsh. You know, I was yeah. going to basically check what was uh, yeah. what what I could do on yeah. the open sea. Um, although, do you know what I found as a criticism of Ghost of Saltmarsh mm-hmm. is that a lot of it is island based. It's yeah. like loads of the book. You get the feeling it should be a piratey adventure, but I'm, I think maybe less than twenty percent of the book is about open sea. Mm-hmm. Loads of it's like you go to an island and this happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a mm-hmm. a new island and this is what happens. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's not really what I went to the book well, for. You know, but that's interesting because I also used Ghost of Salt Marsh yeah. for my pirate adventure, yeah, but yeah, I didn't yeah. read the module. What I did was I needed the stat blocks for the boats, yeah, and yeah. and and the additional information on how to run ship damage and how yeah. to run. Um, uh, those are the factors that it brings in, yeah. and that was the element that I was able to take away. Yeah, so it helps your campaign, but it doesn't doesn't run it for you, or it's not the entire... I mean, it really depends, because some of the modules, like, 
um, I haven't run it myself, but I hear really great praise for um, Curse of Strahd, for instance. Yeah. And I hear really good praise, um, and I particularly like the the way the book is laid out for. Um, oh, what's it called? Um, what does the cover look like? It's the it's the the, the steampunk D and D where you oh. are. Um, called the Nether Deep. No, no, damn, what's it called? Um, it's the one. It's, it's not set in forbidden in in the. Um, in the Forbidden Realms. Yeah, it's set in... begins with a D, I think. Um, Dean's Magical Steampunk Adventure. Yeah. Is that not I, it? That's definitely it. That's definitely <laughs> it. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Eberron. Eberron, thank you, everybody. Vito, yeah, Eberron. saving our ass there. Yes, thank you, guys. Eberron. I think Eberron is a really nicely uh, put-together book because it's got some really interesting things that you can just lift from it. 